in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. I spoke this morning about our prevailing temptations as temptations to banality and suggested that Jesus' answer to, the, to his third temptation was a useful starting point to counter those. Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. This evening, we've been given the Old Testament source of Jesus' answer to the second temptation. That was to throw himself off the temple in order to be spectacularly rescued by angels. And he responds with the words we heard just now from Deuteronomy, do not put your Lord, the Lord your God to the test. There, it's a warning against taking God for granted and an exhortation to know the content of God's revelation. It is in the way of the book Deuteronomy a very law-based righteousness that is commended, though in response to God's generous saving action in the exodus from Egypt. In the parables of the second lesson tonight, we heard something more simply generous, not the quid pro quo of Deuteronomy, but the proposal that God's generosity outweighs any attempts at righteousness that we might cultivate. Indeed, more than that, the offer that God comes to us rushes eagerly to find us even when we are lost. That loving father's response to the prodigal son, which we hear of in the best developed parable about this. Nonetheless, there is a common thread. God is, as Jesus might have said, like this. Generous, loving, merciful, and eager to welcome us home to him, however weak and self-serving our response. The new bit in the second reading, the good news, the gospel, is that having failed to observe the entire commandment, as Deuteronomy demands, we are told that turning back to God and starting again is always enough. No longer is God understood as someone who needs persuading by Moses or Jonah or whoever, persuading not to explode in anger. He is a good parent, our father, not a grumpy dictator. Good parents do endlessly forgive their children, as we must sometimes also forgive our parents for not being God. The process of forgiveness is the currency of love. And Lent is the drama of love unfolding before our eyes, ramping up in Holy Week to a conflict with the highest stakes and then issuing the glory of Easter in which death is destroyed and we are set free from fear. We find all that difficult to enter into even on bad days, to believe. And that's why we need to do this every year, why the shade of Lent as well as the light of Easter is essential to us. The most important word in the second lesson is joy. There is joy in heaven, we're told, at us, 
and our feeble efforts to get up and start again. The God who comes to us in the Blessed Sacrament, whom we adore here in a moment and receive in Holy Communion, rejoices, rejoices at us, with us, for us. So then, the question to ask when we get to Easter Day is whether this Lent we have learned better how to rejoice with him.